Murdoch University, Alumni After Dark, powering your mind. Hello, alumni and the wider Murdoch community. This is Alumni After Dark and I am Samantha Osborne, your host. This week, we're celebrating a special episode for International Women's Day. I recently spoke to two amazing female alumni who are just doing some really inspirational work in the female professional athlete space. Brianna Mercer and Lauren Gandini are both Murdoch Law alumni who both graduated between 2011 and 2014. In the last 12 months, they have built a female athlete management agency, Stella, which has quickly expanded to representing over 20 professional athletes across different sports and states. It is still one of a kind in Australia. Um, you know, most agencies are still very focused on the male athletes. Uh, and the work they do is really focused on pushing for gender equity in sport. Lauren and Bree, uh, they met at Murdoch during their studies, and they believe the connections they made and the knowledge learned whilst at Murdoch has just been a driving force in their new venture. These two amazing women are honestly a force to be reckoned with and just an inspiration. You don't want to miss this one. Let's take a listen. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bree and Lauren, for joining me today uh, and for sharing your story. Really excited to see you guys. Um, I know that you both studied something that I guess some might think is quite removed from the industry that you're currently in. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey, um, how you guys met, what you studied at uni, um, and yeah, just what led you on the path to the career that you have now? Yeah, well, uh, we actually both studied law at Murdoch but we didn't study together. We met at uni, but we met through playing basketball for Murdoch at uni games. And we went on a couple of trips together with uni games and we stayed really close friends and we played basketball against each other outside of uni. Um, but it was great having that, that thing in common, having sport and, and studying law as well. And um, for me, in terms of wanting to get into sport and sports law, there was a unit that was run by Murdoch. It was one of the electives and I did it in my second year and it was about sports law and I didn't really know it was a thing until then. Yeah, and okay. uh, so throughout, um, throughout my studies, I was always sort of working towards wanting to work in sports and combining sports and law together. Um, but then reality was very much there's not a lot of jobs in it and it took a while to sort of get there. So I worked in private practice for a few years after graduating um, in sort of general commercial and commercial litigation and then did work for a sporting body uh, as an in-house lawyer there and that wasn't exactly what I thought it would be. So went back and now I work um, for the corporate regulator in white collar crime. And in terms of creating Stella and now working in this space, it really came about as a combination of, um, of wanting to, well, Lauren wanting to work in sports as well. And we had a discussion one day and we were just catching up pretty casually and I'd had the idea of working in athlete management because there's a lot of like crossover between the skills you have or the skills you learn as a lawyer and, and working as an agent. And I thought there's a really good opportunity in the space for female athletes. And so we talked about how that might work. And 
a year later, we've now created this business and it's really thriving with a lot of different athletes and we have been able to tap into those years of being lawyers. Um, so Lauren worked mostly with unions and for the employee side of things and so that's been a real benefit for our athletes and then then my experience is the flip side working more in that commercial space and working for sporting bodies so you get that inside as well and it's been a really good way of combining what we what we do and so Lauren works as the managing director for Stella so it's very much her career focus now and then for me I work still full-time in my job at, at the regulator and then find time on weekends and before and after work. Oh my gosh, you're so busy then. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lauren, where did the name Stella yeah. come from? Um, it was something that once Bree and I had decided on the concept, we were going back and forth bouncing a few names um, and then it was Bree that said, hey, what do you think of stellar in the sense of I guess relating to you know star and success and something being really great but leaving the r off so it's a bit of a play on you know the word and it has that sort of feminine nature to the to the name as well so that was Bree's that was Bree's fantastic idea amazing and what does Stella offer professional athletes so our aim is to support the athlete holistically um, basically to remove everything so they can just get into competition and perform their best. So what that really looks like is we help them source contracts, so find clubs that may be interested in having them play. We negotiate the contract for them and then we manage the contract if any issues arise. Um, we help athletes with endorsements and support from third parties such as you know sponsorship from brands, um, we help athletes with promotional opportunities, which might include guest appearances, speaking opportunities, um, you know, running sporting clinics uh, with kids. Um, we also provide an aspect of networking um, between our athletes. So we like to hold our quarterly events where um, we like to have speakers come in as well and educate our athletes on things around finance, media, marketing, um, things like that. We also like to connect our athletes to, you know, if there's something that we're not familiar with, say say accounting or say finance or those things, we have a referral network. We can um, refer the athlete out to an expert in that area. Um, and then we also assist them with um, their planning for their end of sporting career. So this is something that a lot of the sporting clubs do very well. So sometimes it's just sort of filling in the gaps, but talking to them and saying, yeah, how can we maximise everything you're doing at the moment to set you up um, the, in the best way for life post-sport? But more than anything, we really like to position ourselves as um, building a relationship with the athlete so we can obviously help with all these things that can lead to their best on-field performance. But, you know, we say to athletes at the end of the day, um, we want to be that person that um, supports you in your corner and you can really come to with any any issue that you experience or um, anything you want to discuss and um, that we really want to be, yeah, close support to them and um, help them put their best performance on field. Yeah, awesome. So it really is a very holistic approach to, like you say, supporting them and oh, clearly you offer them so much support. So that's that's amazing. And um, what does a day in your job look like? Um, Brie, sounds like yours is super busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, well, Brie 
it probably takes more the business development side, which is sure. less time sensitive and can be done in that time. So, yeah, I manage the the day-to-day sort of tasks and I guess we always prioritise any athlete request. So if someone calls in the morning or messages and has a question, we're always very responsive to that and that's always our first priority. Um, our next priority is, you know, helping them get their contract sorted and sign and trade periods are, are always at different periods throughout the year. So at the moment we're working with the AFLW space, there's a sign and trade period of about 20 days. Um, that's the only window, yeah, that people can sign contracts. So that looks like speaking with players pretty frequently and saying, what are you wanting from your contract? Um, what do you think about the current club you're at? Any, any you know, other opportunities you want to explore? We talk to clubs a lot to see what they're looking for, see what they're looking to offer. Um, and then negotiating. So going back and forth with clubs and saying, yeah, we know you're going to offer this, but we've got this over here or we want to see more of this. Um Lot, yeah, and then just lots of conversations with athletes, keeping them in the loop, and um, it's a very busy time during contract time. Yeah. Um, we also then do just regular catch-ups with all our athletes. Um, we like to see them, you know, on a bi-monthly basis at least, just catching up for a coffee, and even if there's nothing pressing, just seeing how they are and um, hearing what they've been up to. Um, a lot of what we do, yeah, we meet with other people in the industry too, just, you know, um, other agents, um, people working in sport, people looking to work in sport, uh, other lawyers, just to hear a bit about what we've been doing. Um, we, yeah, spend a bit of time obviously researching opportunities with third parties that we think might be good for our athletes. So we identify a brand that our athlete wants to work with um, and then it's just, yeah, helping prepare pitches to the brand to say why we think our athlete would be a good fit. Um, and then if it's the weekend, luckily we get to watch a lot of sports. So um, that's probably <laughs> my favourite part of the job at the moment. Um, yeah, so it always looks slightly different, I guess, at what time in the year we're at. But I think those tasks are pretty consistent most days. Okay. And if a professional athlete was wanting to sort of sort out their own contract, would that be quite difficult for them to do, do you think, if they're not, you kind of don't have that law background? Um, I don't, it's definitely not prohibitive from them doing it. And we say, you know, you might be the best player and have all the bargaining power in the world and be a very, very confident person. And if you feel confident liaising with the club, then that's fantastic. And, you know, perhaps you might not need support. But the way we really position our support is to say, really, that's a discussion that, you know, can get quite awkward (laughs) talking about money. And often the person that they're negotiating the contract with is someone that they have to then work with or play for on a day-to-day basis. Um, so I guess the, the support we offer is, you, yeah, um, not taking away from anyone's ability to negotiate their own contract because it that, to be honest, is not. There's definitely some, you know, nuances to it that we are very good at getting across um, and we can probably get their position across more effectively and in a, you know, sort of slightly removed position but I think the biggest benefit is then being able for the athlete to maintain their relationship and just have that playing obligation rather than having to have that awkward conversation about money and about value that could leave one party or the other feeling a bit miffed afterwards. Mm. So and it, it takes away the pressure as well, doesn't it? And gets them, like you say, to focus right. on their sport rather than, you know, that's, the itty bits and, and the stressful. That's, that's right. And it is the business at the end of the day. Um, and, 
you know, clubs are going to do everything they can to get the best team for, yeah. you know, the, the most cost-effective way. So that's something that we understand, obviously coming from a long history of, you know, lots of different areas of law, but it's something that athletes don't understand as much and they might say, well, I don't, you know, aren't I valued then? And it, it can, you know, whereas an, if an agent can explain it and say, well, look, they've also got all these other factors and they're putting this in there, which is actually very valuable, you know, that's that's actually might be worth a few thousand dollars in itself. Um, so I think just being able to have that, you know, slight independence from that, relationship as well is really beneficial for the athlete's interest too yeah sure so moving away a little bit from that what do you think are some of uh the challenges that women face as professional athletes well historically there's been quite a few and I think we're still across a lot of sports playing catch up with that with that investment that um, that male sports has had over the years, especially when it comes to things like promotion, marketing, broadcasting. So it's just putting women's sport front and centre because for so long it has been, you know, in the back, very back sections of the back pages or it's not even broadcast on TV and so people just don't often know about it. So that's one of the things and and that investment will it's it's getting there but it is taking time and you've got to remember I think you know when you start new things like your big competitions like AFLW or the other big leagues that were starting much later is that they haven't had that, those years of investment beforehand as well and you're sort of expecting this this amazing product um, that is comparable and I think that's the other thing too is always having to fight that comparison um, to justify why there should be that investment when really I think there's a lot of things to female athletes themselves as people um, and this broader sport as a say a product that it's marketed um, is that there are actually some really wonderful differences that appeal to different audiences and could probably get other people into sport that might not have otherwise engaged in sport before. For example, like with um, with sports where it seems to be a lot more accessible when you play at smaller grounds and you can have families come along. Um, yeah, you compare that to not having. 50,000 people at a game, you might only get 10,000 people at a game um, and always seeing that as a negative, but really you might have 10,000 people that have never um, actually come to a sporting game before and you're tapping into a new market there for sports. Mm -hmm. So I think the challenge is always having to voice the fact that it's there and it's enjoyable and it's a there are absolutely top athletes um, in Australia. It's it's amazing to think how many um, world champion female athletes we have in Australia um, and compare that to, to how much airtime they get is is quite incredible. Yeah, for sure. And do you think Australia has a long way to go in terms of equality and opportunities for women in the sporting industry or do you think we're kind of getting there? Well, I think I think the conversation has been changing, in particular in the last sort of five to ten years. But that, that's also come off the back of that success. So people like teams like the Matildas, who have been the best in the world at the biggest world sport, um, are the ones as well that sort of drive it. And it's 
I think a lot of females find that across a lot of industries is that you have to be yeah. so exceptional to get that attention. Um, mm. But I do think it's nice to see, and we are seeing it, that people are putting that investment into women's sport and things are changing, but it needs to also come from come across the board. So, yes, we have you, in, in a lot of team sports, you might have a small portion of, say you've got a team of 20, the top 5% will get paid significantly and it's the rest that are still having to work part-time jobs that can't oh. actually be full-time professional athletes. I think once we can see the rest, the that that bottom percentage come up and be able to be full-time professional athletes, that's when we'll go a long way um, to, to improving things within women's sport. Yeah, okay. Just if I could add to that really quickly, I think, like Bree said, yeah, there's some really encouraging signs um, now and then. Though we might come across something where we think, really, is this, you know, is this still where we're at? Um, and we sort of see our role in challenging that too, and saying, hey, look, we actually don't think that's acceptable in this current environment. Um, we we don't think, yeah, we obviously don't think that's um, that's fair. But one really encouraging thing is we're seeing such fantastic people step into these spaces now. So traditionally. Um, obviously, yeah, sport was very male-centric um, and very much focused on male sport and there was perhaps people in there that sort of thought they were doing women a favour by investing in a product or, you know, marketing or, you know, and almost thought you should be grateful that we're even doing this, whereas I feel like my impression is that it's sort of across the board in lots of different sports, lots of different organisations um, they're getting really great people, male and female, who really, truly believe female should be equal in sport. And even just having that belief means what they put in practice makes such more of an impact um, and makes the athletes feel so much more valued than just someone that says, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do this because we have to, um, yeah. which doesn't leave the athlete feeling good. So we're very yeah, encouraged by um, the momentum and we just believe there is some absolutely fantastic people in the sport doing some really great things. And you guys clearly are doing some really great things too. So, you know, that's that's so important. What are some, um, obviously you both have been in sport yourselves playing um, and obviously now you're in um, Stella. What are some challenges uh, in that regard that you faced and how have you overcome them? Was this going to be me, Brie, or you? You can. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I, I mean, I can speak. For a little bit, I think the biggest thing is not my own personal experience, but from my older sister, she was um, she played basketball as well over in the US, and then came back and played professional leagues here in Australia. And the biggest thing at the time was um, was the breaks to have children, and then mm. getting back into top level sport, and that's a pretty common one as well. Is that support? So they, we are getting better at that. And there is maternity leave coming in, but I remember her thinking, um, well, I wish we had that when I was there. And I think you'd probably say the same, Lauren, too, that support sort of post children and the family support. Yeah, that's a great, yeah, great point. Yeah. So, yeah, like just following on quickly from what Bree said, um, yeah, I had a long career, just only ever in the sort of state league um, sport. But, um, yeah, you know, was pregnant at I think it was 28 and um, was sort of 
it was just assumed that then, yeah, that was it for me and I wasn't going to be coming back and there was no real support to say, hey, why don't you come and still be a part of the team or, you know, what's your plans afterwards? It was sort of just assumed because I was at that age, I guess, that um, that was it for me. So, and that was really hard because it's a big loss. It's a big shift in identity um, becoming a parent and sport was such a big part of my life um, that to just lose it in such a, and I was very, you know, excited to be a mother, but I didn't see why I had to lose sport at the same time. We see, you know, with the, with improvements in maternity policies, so many women continuing on playing. Um, you know, Gretel Greta, <laughs> she, you know, went away, had a baby, and has come back to be, um, you know, yeah, one of the most um, talented athletes in the world. I guess a really big thing were, and this is following on from what I said about having the right people. So many people in sport, in terms of coaches, use women as a bit of a stepping stone or not just scripts but administrators they sort of use the women's program as stepping stones and some of them would blatantly say that like oh my aim is to yeah be coaching a a, a men's team in this comp or this comp and this is a really great step for me and you're sort of sitting there as a yeah. female thinking okay um so yeah we're essentially a bit of a stepping stone and you know still the language that would get used like oh you're that's, you know, you're throwing like a girl, you're kicking like a girl and you just hear it so prevalent um, and it was normalised. It was so normalised and it just made you think, um, yeah, are we are we less worthy of this? We're training the same, like we put the same amount of effort. If anything, we put more, you know, more to really be able to get that same. Um, and then just the opportunities I would really see. So um, I remember it very well. We I was playing, we always played before the men, and there was a local TV station coming and they did this massive advertisement. They're going to do game of the week just for the men. And we thought, well, why have we been left out from that? So we approached the station and said, look, we actually played before. Um, if anything, the women's team have a greater record of success than the men's do. Um, and, yeah, why, why, you know, if you're already going to be there, could you not just include our game as well? Um, and into their defence, they were very good. They came back and they said, look, this is something we really should have thought about. But it was, it was, oh, well, you need to go and create your own, you know, interest in your game so it's worth us reporting on. Um, and it was, it was really frustrating. I guess. Yes. And it was just those things that, that, was ha- that happened at the end of my career. And like I said, I think having that lived experience in, in all those things and, and people might be saying, oh, but it's so great you can play sport now and, oh, isn't it great that you have a league? But it's you still can feel it so far apart and there is still so much of a tokenistic nature to it in that you should just be lucky that you have this opportunity when, you know, like I said, we say no, we, we train the same, we play the same um, and we like the same investment. Yeah. Well, good on you for fighting for it, you know, and for continuing to fight for it. So it's amazing. Um, so what's next for you both? What's are some of the goals for your agency? Um, so we, we've we talked about, yeah, we'd like to continue to expand. We've expanded quite rapidly in 12 months. We've gone from a handful of athletes to 30 across a number of different sports um, and we're really proud, I guess, of the calibre of athletes that have come to us too. I think we thought we spent the first few years just helping out your sort of emerging group, but. Uh, we're really grateful, yeah, to the um, players that have come to us and trusted us with their career. We'd like to continue expanding um, but sustainably so we don't want to compromise on what we deliver to our current 
athletes um, and coaches. Um, and I guess our, you know, our eventual goal is to be, you know, the sort of premier and one of the most attractive options um, for both male and female athletes um, to come to in the future. Um, and also to create something that's really important to me and Brie is to create a workplace and a, a business that's more than just work. So when people come to work and we eventually do expand in terms of agents, making it um, creating more opportunities for females to get into this space because sports management is still an extremely dominated um, space by males. And just, yeah, making it a really enjoyable place to work, making it family-friendly, um, you know, making it somewhere where people can come and, um, yeah, I don't know if Brie wants to talk slightly more on this, but, that, yeah, that's sort of been in terms of our goal. We don't have, like, a number or hey, this is how much money we want to make. It's just about creating work that um, doesn't, I guess, doesn't feel like work and it's a real, yeah. it's a lifestyle that we just love being part of and our staff love being part of and so do our athletes. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing we'd like to to grow is is hopefully have a team people specialising in the certain sports and and then also having another aspect of the business being focused on that advocacy because we do know that it's quite important for us to keep creating opportunities and and having those conversations where if things aren't being considered, we can at least raise them and having someone that would really focus on that. So there's a lot of the times, um, and that's been my experience too, in some of the decision-making roles that I've had um, on, on different boards or is that you're often talking about the sport and it might be a sport that both men and women play and about always having to raise that question and what about the female program? So if we had someone, um, you know, Lauren and I do that for our individual athletes in terms of raising things and creating different opportunities, but we'd love to have um, one day someone working with us and their sole focus is on is on advocacy and improving the conditions um, for women's sport across the board, so not just elite but through grassroots level as well. Awesome. So my last question is just about um, just your studies at uni. Um, how do you think that your degree helped you um, get where you are now, I suppose? I mean, obviously you had that sporting unit, but is there anything else that you think has really helped you uh, in regards from your degree to, to now? Yeah, um, certainly. Like I think there's so many aspects of law that you take away not just negotiations and reading contracts and things but um that ability that ability to think critically is probably the biggest thing I took away from studying law and uh, that has been able to apply throughout my career and is really helping now and as well that that ability to to sometimes just take a step back and see the trees from the woods and is that the right thing? Yeah. Was <laughs> <laughs> from the trees? Yeah, I think that's being able to get that perspective is something I definitely learnt from uni and throughout mm-hmm. doing our course. Yeah, and I think it's like you don't even realise that you've been taught until you come out into the world and you're picking up on things that other people might not. And, you know, it's definitely that, yeah, what Murdoch taught us, what the law degree taught us is, um, not to be cynical, but definitely to take a backseat on everything that is said and done and, and really yeah, critically analyse it. Um, and I think, yeah, Brie and I are good examples of how the same degree can 
just open up so many different and can look so different. So I think we've always had very similar values, very similar passions, but um, the path that we've taken has been, you know, very different. Um, and now we've been able to come together as a business and bring our experience from all different areas of law and, um, you know, across many different areas, including sport and um, union and personal injury, um, to sort of come and hopefully provide our athletes with uh, the benefit of, you know, lots of different sides of, of law as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lauren and Brie. It's been so good to chat to you. Um, it's been, you know, amazing to hear about, you know, the work that you're doing and the improvements you're making in the sporting industry for uh, female professional athletes. Um, so, yeah, I just applaud you for that. Um, and, yeah, it's been really interesting to hear. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't know that there was a sporting law unit. That's so cool. Um, but mm -hmm. also that it's, you know, really cool to hear how a degree can be so versatile um, mm. in its use in, you know, the real world, I guess. So, yeah, thank you so much, guys. And we look forward to hearing about what you guys get up to and um, where Stella goes in the future. So thank you so much yeah. for chatting to us. Thank you so much for having us, Samantha. We're very appreciative to you and Murdoch University. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed this special episode. You can check out Lauren and Bree's work in the description of this episode by clicking on the Stella link. Also, if you have an amazing story to tell and would like to be involved in Alumni After Dark, email us at alumni at murdoch.edu.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date with all the latest episodes. Take care and see you next time.